0: the step over podcast uh my name is josh thank you for joining i'm joined today by a sports writer for the charlatan carlton's newspaper um he's for some reason i'm a, a manchester united fan uh <laughs> but we won't uh we won't give him too much of a hard time for that and now he's a two-time guest of the podcast Jaden dill welcome back for
1: some reason a Manchester United fan. What do you mean for some reason? No, thank you
0: for having me Josh. I, I really appreciate it. Absolutely. It's really great to you know to see you again and, uh, and to chat with you again. You know, summer's kind of wrapping up. You know, how was your summer like? You know, your time away from from university life? Yeah, it was pretty good. Um you know, I stepped
1: into the uh Charlton Sports edi- uh, editor position this year. So oh, I'm uh, expanding my range. Yeah, thank you. Not, not just from soccer, but into to some other sports. So a lot of editing, a lot of writing over the summer. Um, Even covered a couple of CPL games, watched a lot of CPL
0: as well. And, you know, took some time off to recoup. And then, you know, it's back into it. Now, I mentioned off the top that you're a Man United fan. And I promise I'm not going to give you a hard time about that. But I do have a question I want to ask, like a real question, not just like, you know, a smart ass one. Okay. Uh, So Man U is one of the names that has come up it's, it's one of the names that's come up the most as a potential landing spot for Ottawa's Jonathan David, um, currently with Lil. So, Jaden, without your Man U bias, do you think Manu would be a good fit for David? Um. Yes
1: and no. Uh, <laughs> that's a little <laughs> difficult question. I think under 10 Hogs uh, playing style right now, yes, it would be a good fit. I do think, though, Ronaldo has to leave first. Um, it can be tricky. I know some people would say, you know, Ronaldo's older. He's not going to play every game. You know, it's a condensed schedule that they're going to be rotating. But when you look at uh, you know, Ten Hag's use of uh, United, he's using Martial at the striker position. He's using Rashford at the striker position, and he still has Ronaldo playing at the striker position. Um, And they still have great depth uh, in terms of young rosters. Don't get me wrong, they need strikers, and they still need quality forwards. I just think Jonathan David at Lille, he's their go-to man. And until Ronaldo leaves United to clear up more space, I don't think right now is a great fit. I think maybe he could use... I think maybe next year when, when Ronaldo leaves most likely would, would be a good good addition or, or even as a, a January transfer I think Jonathan David would be good. Um like you said there's been rumors that Ten Hag likes him. I could definitely see how he could fit into the into the into the team. You no, know, Jonathan David not just a good finisher but a good ball playing just a soccer player, a ball playing striker and that fits exactly um how Exactly with, with Ten Hag's ideal style of play. So um, yeah, I think uh, I think maybe it will happen. I just don't think right like this specific transfer window. I think if anything, January transfer window
0: or our next year's. Interesting, interesting. That's yeah. exciting. I guess we'll. I guess we'll see. We will. We will. Um, okay. Now, the last time you were on, uh, it was to preview the men's national championships, which Carlton hosted. Um, which Carlton end up losing in extremely dramatic fashion in the final. Um, So where, so I wanted to know, like, where were you for that final? And like, did you see it live or? Oh yeah. I was
1: right in the press booth. That was, um, it's funny because, you know, there's various different media outlets there, journalists, sports writers of all kinds. Right. And all from different areas. So there's no bias or specific person supporting uh, a team. But when Daniel Asaf scored that tying goal, the whole media booth exploded with cheers. Oh my Not God, necessarily yeah. just because we're supporting Carlton, just the moment, right? It caught even, we were so into the game, just waiting to see what was happening next. And when he scores you now with the last kick of the game to, to tie it up, it's like everyone just is, is shouting like, whoa, so, <laughs> it's really funny. It's unbelievable. Like, yeah, it, it was, it was, and like, You know, the rule of thumb for all journalists is you you don't cheer, you don't support any team. All those rules went out the moment, uh, went out the window in that moment (laughs) because because it it was just, it was amazing. Um, That whole tournament had so many ups and downs and it was funny. I said Montreal would win. I really said they would beat Carlton in the finals too. I saw it just like that. I didn't think it would be as close as it was and as dramatic of a game it was. You know, Carlton going up, uh, one-nothing. Montreal tying it in the 90th minute, uh, with a with a Greg free kick, and then Carlton going down with 2-1 with like what five minutes to go or something like that. Yeah. Um uh with the goal from Bruce. Uh that was oh, just oh, chills on like like you could feel the emotions in that stadium. Uh just oh man, it was it was amazing. And then that 90th minute winner is just Oh, I, I did, a I did a little video project uh, on the Ravens for for my journalism class. And <laughs> just capturing the audience. Oh, my gosh, it was such a fun experience. Like, it's it's hard to replicate uh, with words and with uh, like, just just as telling the story, replicate how much energy was in uh, what, what was Ravens Perch, but it's now tag field. So that's really, really
0: unique. Is it giving you chills to like kind of talk about it again. Cause it was yeah, it, like, it, yeah. like it was one of the most exciting games I've ever I've ever seen, I'm sure. Yeah, definitely
1: probably the most exciting the most exciting Ravens game I think I've I've ever watched and ever tried to be like the most
0: OUA best OUA game I've I've ever been to. Definitely something that I'll remember for for a very, very long time. Now, the reason that I that I asked you on today, um, so I want to talk about the upcoming Ravens men's and women's seasons. Um, so two programs that are kind of different places. You that's know, one looking to improve on, like I'll say, kind of a mediocre season last year, and one that like nearly reached that mountaintop uh, last year. Um, so let's look at both programs for the season ahead. Like, what would you say are some of the storylines heading into the season? Oh, that's, that's, that's an interesting question. I think um,
1: for the Ravens, it's it's going to be a bit of, can they get back to where they were last year with a big roster turnover? Uh, I spoke to Quake Celoni this morning, uh, and he told me um, that, I think he said around six, I haven't fact-checked it, but he says there's a very low number, like around six, seven players who were just returning from last year. Oh really the rest the rest is pretty fresh pretty new they have a he said probably the most largest turnover that he's experienced as head coach so it's a very new raven squad that you will
0: see coming into this season especially for for uh for the next game wow yes you mentioned before we started recording that you were speaking with uh dom oliveri the women's coach um is there anything that uh like a hint as to you know what are some things to look for this this upcoming season
1: yeah I think uh you have to understand with the the women's program that last year they had a very big rookie class I think Dom even said at one point that uh with you no know, it's a lot of rookie players so you're gonna have a lot of rookie moments and they did have a couple of, of rookie moments last year there were some good moments and they you know there were some moments where, where they struggled um I think this year you know they have more experience and they're gonna you know Dom mentioned you know, very highly at the last six, months, you know, six to nine months have been very solid for them that it really is a, a close knit team. And he says that they are the fittest that that they have ever been, but they're still working, you know to, to, you know, to be the best they'd be. So I think you can definitely expect a better Ravens team than you have last year. Um, but maybe not the best that it can be yet, because you know, they still are for most of them still are only in, in their second year. Um, so that, that should be an, an interesting team. It's kind of on the fence you Now it could go really well or, you know, it might be a little un- underwhelming, but I do think you'll definitely see a better uh, Ravens women's soccer team uh, this year than you were last year.
0: Okay, interesting. Are there any aspects in particular for both squads that uh, they might need to improve on from last season?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, for, for the men's side, it's, you know, there's kind of similar to almost like the men's basketball team, you know, such a cornerstone, you know, they're really starting to really build a reputation as one of the top programs in the country, right? They're consistently going to U sports, you know, consistently being one of the best in, in, in OUA and best in the country. Um, the issue is, you know, up until like the last five years, a lot of the success has been from, you know, that class of 17, you know, Ricky Kamba, Dario um, uh, Conte, uh, I think Luca Piccoli might might be in that class. I'm not, I'm not entirely sure. I think it's Ricky Kamba, you know, Scott Misada, um, Gabby Batar, right? You have a lot of those players coming out from the class of 17 uh, or you no know, 18 and 19, right? So A lot of strong players there. Um, you're kind of towards the end of that class now, right? And a new class is coming in, and Quacey spoke very highly of the class of 17. He says it's one of the most unique uh, incoming classes that he, he has ever had. And that really helped build a lot of the success. And you can see with that unique class, it almost won him a U-Sports National Championship. Uh, so I think in terms of improving, it's really, you know, can you get this new group of players with the small group? that you have from last season, can you get them, you know, get those, these new guys caught up to where they need to be, right? You know, it's the Carlton Ravens men's soccer team. So they're not bringing in no one and anyone. They're bringing in, you know, key guys, good players, right? Chris has a lot of connections uh, all over the country. Um, so these players coming in, they're, they're good players. It's just, you know, can they get caught up fast enough in their first year to continue the, the success story of the Carlton Ravens? Like on the women's side, are you able to to give any? Um... Yeah, yeah. Um, in terms of, imp- like I said, I think it's, for them, it's to continue to, you know, develop their style of play. Um, Dom Oliveri so, uh, spoke that he's really trying to, to get them to be that pos- uh, possession-oriented uh, style of play. They're okay. trying to be that possession-based football team. And I think that's kind of the... I guess the Carlton philosophy for men's, uh, for, for soccer, for men's and women's soccer, it's possession place, uh, possession-based play. And, um, I think that can be a very difficult style of play, especially when you have, uh, younger teams, right. But at the same time, you know, if you want to build a, a squad or, a, a program that, uh, where possession-based football is at their core, you have to start when you're young. Right, and sometimes that means losing losing by a lot or, or, you know, having those close games, uh, or it can be mean that, you know, you really have a group that gets it quickly. Right. But you never know, unless, unless you really try and really work through it. And I think, uh, between Dom and, and, uh, Kwesi, they both believe that they can get their teams to being dominating, uh, possession-based teams that win, not just teams that have possession and do nothing with the ball, but they believe that they can break lines and create chances. It's just, can the team pull it off on a regular basis? And then can they pull it off against, you know, different tactically set up opponents um, as, as well as, you know, different opponents of, of quality, right? So I think that is uh, one thing that we will definitely see on, on the women's side is look for, no, look for the Ravens moving the ball a lot more, right? Being a little bit patient in, in their attack. I think that's one thing we'll, we'll see. Uh, so it'll, it'll, it'll be interesting. I think these teams, may be a li- little bit more similar in how they play this year. Um, so it will be interesting to, to see how that actually mm-hmm. work up uh, works out into into no reality, uh, not just from the playbook.
0: OK, so we can kind of expect to see like a like a more defined Raven style of play. Definitely. OK, so I wanted to ask him a Um I don't suppose it came up about his schedule. Because not only is he head coach of the Ravens, he's assistant coach for Atletico Ottawa. How is he doing it?
1: Crazy uh, Loney sorry, is a busy man. He is a very, <laughs> very busy man. Um, but I think you have to understand that it's not—it's never just a one-man show, right? He has a great coaching staff. Um, they have a great system both in place at Atletico Ottawa and at um, uh, and and at um, Carlton. Uh, that helps him really run a smooth ship, as well as be a part of a a, um, a smooth ship on both sides. I think um, it's no doubt it helps that the team that he is, you know, our assistant coaching in the CPL is in the same city as the team that he's the head coach of, right? So it's not mm-hmm. a, it's too it's not a very far drive from. It's a know, short commute. Uh, yeah, yeah, from TD Arena or a uh, TD Place <laughs> Arena to to Tag Field, um, Tag Park. Very very short commute. I think um, what helps, and, and uh, Crazy said this, is that um, he has learned a lot being at Athletico uh, Ottawa, right? He says it's, you know, it's a little bit different. It's a professional, very professional environment over there, right? Um, so he even said that, you know, expect to see some similarities from Atlético mm-hmm. Ottawa into this Carlton Ravens side or into the Carlton Ravens men's soccer side, Um I don't know if he means like in his coaching styles or in the in the tactical setups. Um, I think maybe you'll will probably see a, a little bit of both. If you're a true analyst, you might be able to definitely pick out the similarities. Um, and I think you can expect that right when you've been coaching um, with a professional you know, f- a football team or a soccer team for the last couple of months, you, it, it just it starts to be sewn into you as a coach. So I I think we'll definitely start to see, I guess the Ravens look a little bit more professional, a little bit more like a Ottawa, but still have their own own distinct style. So I do know that Quay is sticking around as head coach, he doesn't seem to be going anywhere, Um, but he will be a little bit more busier. And whether that affects his tactical planning for the season, it doesn't really just, it doesn't really seem like him. To, to let that happen. But like you never know, right? It, we never know how things could go. The season hasn't started. But as of right now, he's the head coach of uh, Ravens Soccer. He's the assistant coach of uh, Athletico
0: Ottawa, and uh, he'll probably continue to do both. So for fans that are new to watching Carlton soccer or, you know, just aren't familiar with you know, with the roster this year, who are, who are some players uh, that they need to watch for? Oh, so
1: on the men's side, it can be a little bit hard to say. There are some, like I said, there are very few players returning uh, from last year. But one thing that uh, Coach Loney said in a little discussion today is that some of the players uh, from last year and returning this year have trained with Atletico Ottawa over the summer. Um, So Kyle Kyle Potter has been in there. Ricky Kamba was in there for a little bit. I think Scott Mazzada was in there. I'm not totally sure. I have to go back and and check my (laughs) notes on that one. Um, But no, uh, no, um, Tara Kamad, I think, was was in there for uh, a little bit. So there has been some overlap, sorry, between the Carlton Ravens, uh, top players playing in uh, or training with Athletico Ottawa, sometimes to make up numbers, sometimes to assess, to analyze. Uh, but one thing that says that he took away is he now knows kind of the, the, the style of player or the type of player that athletic Ottawa is looking for. Uh, so he believes that that can help curate, um, I guess, more potential uh, uh, Carlton Ravens to athletic Ottawa players. Now he says it's not, that's definitely not a guarantee, but... Now that he knows what they're looking for, he knows that DNA. He can really start to mold and shape the younger generation. So maybe a bridge could could be built in in the future, um, but that I guess that remains to be determined. Uh, but in terms of the specific players to look out for, probably still looking at those senior players again, um, who have trained with Athletico Ottawa. It's hard to determine. The exact amount of those who have trained with Athletico Ottawa and those who will be returning until, I guess, really tomorrow. But we know the ones: Dario Conte, I think he's back. Uh, I think Ricky Com is back. I know Scott Mazzada is back. So um, the those big names from last season will still be called upon again. But you no, know, pay attention to, to to some of the the new Ravens' uh, name as well. But he did say that it's very difficult to tell um he's still having you know the squad is making it hard for him to pick his starting 11 for tomorrow uh so because it's still very close right especially when you have a a young class so especially with the new guys you really won't know until the opening games the opening couple of games to determine oh yeah that guy's going to be key for the rest of the season probably for uh, a couple years uh, into the program
0: interesting okay um, and then any players on the women's side you yeah, want to highlight? Sorry, uh, yeah, Dom says you know you can definitely look
1: out for for Chloe Doherty. Um, she's going to be you no, know, she she was a key player last year. You know she, she's she's going to be a key player again. Um, I think he did mention. Uh, I think it was the Costa Pacheco think that's what he said it was uh like i said literally five minutes ago i got off off the phone with him so i obviously haven't had time to review anything but he didn't know mention that um chloe uh, up front is is just always a cornerstone of this team and you know going into her fifth year she's going to be important not just as a, a key player as always she's really a fundamental part of this program um not just as you know a goal scorer as a as a uh, someone who you know is a guaranteed spot on that starting 11 uh but really as a person to help lead this you know younger squad right um you know really she she was key for them last year you know really helping uh show the younger ones the
0: rope and she'll be key again as they those younger players can continue to, to develop so for each team what would you say are like a few of the biggest games on the calendar Oh, so I, I actually did ask both of them this coach, uh, this, this question. So I
1: asked, I did ask both coaches this question. Um, and they, they both give you that, you know, this, this lovely answer. And you can expect it from both, both of them, that every game is, is an important game, right? Yeah, every game yeah. is one game to watch. <laughs> and um, like I said, that, that goes to show their mentality. You know, they take every game very seriously uh, because every game matters in the OUA, right? You know, there's not. There's going to be very few games where you, know, you can give people the day off, right? Every game really matters um, because three points, you know, they're very, very valuable. Three points uh, uh, in here. It's like if you're in a you know, Champions League race or a, a playoff race, um, every single year, start to finish. Uh, that's what it is for this program. It's it's very, very, very serious. So every game, uh, every game matters. Dom uh, Oliveri, obviously. You know, two big games is, is the Queens one. You know, he really credited Queens. He says they're probably one of the toughest teams uh, in the province, if not the province, then in the country. He says so. He knows that they're going to be a tough opponent for him. And he also, you know, uh, he he loves the crosstown derby. You know, Athletico Ottawa. I'm sorry, uh, U Ottawa and Carlton Ravens. He knows that's always the game that you know you can sit up for because it's uh it's too close. Um, or really two close rivals really going at it. So um, that's something to watch on the women's soccer side. I guess on the men's soccer side, you know, <laughs> Coach, Coach Gracie will tell you all of them. Just yeah. just watch all of them, right? <laughs> and, um, you know, he looks forward to playing Queens, you know, the, their locust or other, uh, I guess, the closest rival uh, in this province. He did mention that going back to East and West is going to be very nice. Uh, again, going back to the two-division format uh, over the three, uh, division format so you know he says it'll be nice to get uh tmu uh and it'll be nice to get um you um uft uh competition that they didn't face last year so it'll be nice to see them after you know having a, a couple of i guess a couple of seasons apart uh with COVID and everything so i think uh like i said it's it can be it can be uh difficult to say which games to mark on your calendar because you really do have to mark all of them Uh, because every every game is very interesting with
0: either ravens uh men and women's teams that's one thing about university ball is that like there's so few games that like it's a cliche to say every game is important but you know when you're only playing x number of games like yeah they they actually all do matter yeah you know one loss could cost you the the season essentially that's it yeah so i've been bringing up this idea um as much as i can so the Gigi's and the Ravens both have RSD women's programs. What do you think about this idea of having a panda game, but for soccer, like a TD place and like really hype it up?
1: Oh, definitely. 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 Right. Um, they deserve it for one. Like it's not even a question about quality. They deserve it. Right. These are players that work hard. Very, 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 very hard. Um, but I also think that, you know, if to grow the game, you have to support it, right? And this is something that is is very worthy to support. Um, so I'm all for it. Um, yeah, I think if you have it for football, you should definitely have it uh, for, for women's soccer. It's really, like, you have to come out to see these players. The, the game is not, uh, it does not follow the stereotypes of what you think, you know, a, a women's game is. You know, there's some very horrible stereotypes out there that, or people that think that they can define what women's soccer looks like. They're all from uh, people who haven't seen women's soccer. Yeah. There are people who haven't, haven't really seen it or maybe if they seen like, you know, a very recreational version of it, right. These girls are very, they could be professional, right. Every single one of them has quality to be professional, right. And they work hard. Like these girls work hard day in, day out. Um, So there's like, you just like, don't judge the game really until you see it. I think once you see it, you, you know, if you're someone who's had negative comments about it, you know you'll keep your mouth shut, and then you'll see that oh, there's really quality here, right? This is it, there's there's really not much a, a total difference between mm-hmm. you know, the men's game and the women's game. At the end of the day, it's soccer, right? And it's it's good
0: quality soccer. All right, so Jaden Dill's on board, he's on the record. <laughs> I am, I am on board for that, of course. Go coach, yeah. All right. Um. Okay. So um, we don't have too much time left. So before I let you go, uh, can I get some predictions? Uh, of, like what do you think the uh, each squad's regular season record will be? And does either team this year uh, have have a shot? You think at qualifying for the nationals?
1: Oh, I think. See, this might be the toughest year to predict for men's soccer. I think women's soccer will come close. Okay. I think they'll they'll be hovering. They'll, they'll I think they'll definitely be in competition for uh, you know, a national s- a spot, or I, I would say at least OUA um, playoffs, right? Okay. I think they'll be hovering. They'll, they'll they'll be in the battle for sure. Whether they finish in it or just below it, I think that remains to be seen. Uh, if I'm to be on the safe side, I think they'll just miss out, but they'll learn. They'll gain a lot of experience from it. And then they'll be back in the battle next year with the men's team you know it's it's difficult because understanding the turnover that they just went with with the players i think any other squad you would say no playoff contention without a doubt um with no mcmaster with the exception of a team like mcmaster montreal where you could say you know they have great coaching they have great you know, solid team right and they have a legacy for that so maybe they would be playoff contenders when you have a when you under when you undergo a, a player t- turnover like the ravens have but knowing Quay siloni and knowing the experience that he's gained and how like well tight-knit they are you like you can't say they're gonna be a team that's gonna miss out it's so difficult to say that um, you really have to say they'll be back in the OUA playoffs for sure. I think he expects it. Um, I think he expects to win the o- OUA division, whether or not you know they make it to to nationals in Thompson River. I hope so. Um, but I think it's gonna be. I think I think it's too close to call. And like I said, I, I don't, but I'm not saying this. Don't no one quote me. I'm not saying that the Ravens aren't making. <laughs> You know, use sports because I know that will that will come back to eat me. Um, but I would say they'll make the OUA playoffs. but I think they might fall short around the semifinals. Okay,
0: okay, that's yeah. uh, similar to to last year, I guess. Well, not many people would know better than you, so so that's a uh, you know. So let's we'll stick yeah. with that. You know, all yeah. right. Playing, okay, safe. But- playing safe. Playing it safe excellent excellent all right well it's been great to have you um and before i let you go are there any upcoming pieces or personal projects you want to plug uh and where can people follow you or find your stuff of course you can follow me on twitter at
1: um or instagram at dill as well um or actually just follow the charlatan sports sections you know i edit most up uh, all the pieces that that go up in there and you would be really uh you know, really intrigued to the amount of content that we have on Raven Sports. You know, we cover all, all the G1, G2 sports, and we're even expanding to covering, uh, close to almost every G3 sport. Uh, or at least once uh, we'll have a story on pretty, all the G3 sports up there. So everything Carlton University sports, uh, the Charlotte sports section will have it. There, there are some definite, definite, a lot of things coming out from the Charlotte sports sections, and I'm going to be working really hard on, on all of them. So keep tuned, you know, follow me, follow the uh, Charlotte sports on Twitter, and no, really tune into the Charlotte and we'll keep giving you the inside scoops on everything Raven sports.
0: Awesome. Thanks so much, Jaden. Of course, no problem.